Chapter Fourteen of the Girl Next Door by Augusta Yule Seaman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jennifer Dalman. The Writing on the Bracelets. In the joy of seeing her father after months of absence, Marcia almost forgot the mystery of Benedict's folly. Almost, but not quite. Captain Brett had been home twenty-four hours and had had time to give an account of all the intervening weeks before the subject was broached. Then the next morning, with a great air of mystery, the two girls and Aunt Minerva made him sit down and listen to the entire story. At its conclusion, they produced the two filigree bracelets for his inspection. Hmm, he exclaimed, and whistling softly under his breath, examined them with minute care and then being a man of few words he only remarked so you think these were once a pair why of course cried marcia don't you it looks remarkably like it he conceded do tell us how you happened to get yours she begged there's nothing much to tell replied captain brett happened to be in hong kong one day and a ragged-looking chinese sailor thrust this under my nose and whined that he would let me have it for two mexican dollars they're always trying to get rid of things like this when they want some spare cash. One never knows where they pick them up. I didn't want the trinket particularly, but I saw it was a unique little piece and worth probably much more. So I bought it, tucked it away in my trunk, and forgot it until I arrived home, when I gave it to you, Minerva. That's all I know about it. How long ago was that? asked Janet. Must have been at least twelve years ago. I'm not sure of the exact year. "'But what do these things mean?' questioned Miss Minerva, pointing to the strange character on the silver work. "'They're Chinese characters, certainly, but I don't know what they mean. "'You see them on lots of their jewelry and gimcracks. "'Generally mean good luck or happiness or some such motto. "'Can't say whether these mean anything of that kind or not. "'But tell me, father, don't you honestly believe that if we could get these translated, "'find out what they mean?' it might give us some clue to the puzzle marcia appealed to him it might or it might not he answered skeptically so many of these characters might be meaningless as far as any personal application was concerned well anyway could we get them translated just for our own satisfaction demanded marcia nothing simpler smiled captain brett my boatswain is a chinese very learned man reads his confucius in off hours He'd be sure to help you with it. Oh, goody! And when can we have it done? cried Marcia, aglow with anticipation. Well, you're all coming down to the ship tomorrow. Bring the bracelets along, and I'll see that Li Ching is on hand to give you his assistance. But I warn you, don't count too much on what you may discover from it. I don't want you to have a bad disappointment in spite of which warning notwithstanding the girls slept little that night so excited were they over the prospect and when they did sleep dreamed impossible dreams mainly of quite unintelligible translations of cryptic chinese characters the visit to captain brett's ship the empress of oran would have been an event apart from any other interest involved in the expedition marcia and janet had never in their lives been on board an ocean steamer even the approach of it was fascinating the long-covered wharfs with their strange spicy odors the bustle and activity of loading and unloading the narrow gangways the dark waist of the vessel and the immaculate white paint of the decks 
they examined every inch of the huge steamer from the stoking room to the donkey engines on the forecastle deck and spent a half an hour in the cosy tiny cabin that was the captain's own marveling at the compactness and handiness of every detail when they all went up to the after-deck for luncheon which was served under an awning marcia and janet could scarcely eat for watching the deft silent sphinx-like chinese cook who waited on them they tasted strange dishes that day some of which like curry and rice were scarcely acceptable to their unaccustomed palates now said the captain in the middle of the meal if we were only out on the china sea or bowling along over the pacific this would be just right you'd have more of an appetite in that salt air than you do hemmed in by these noisy docks but it was not the docks that had stolen away the appetites of marcia and janet they were boiling with impatience to see the boatswain that student of confucius who could perhaps throw some new light on their mystery ambrosia and nectar for luncheon would scarcely have appealed to them under the circumstances at last however the meal was ended with the curious little chinese nuts whose meat was almost like a raisin then when the table was cleared and the captain had lit his cigar he spoke the word that caused their hearts to jump and their eyes to brighten now i suppose you want to see li ching he beckoned to a sailor and set him to find the boatswain li ching arrived with promptitude saluted his captain and stood gravely at attention he was not a young man and he had a decidedly oriental mask-like face it seemed strange that he should be dressed in the conventional boatswain uniform with peaked cap and the whistle of his office one could imagine him better in some brilliant-hued wide-sleeved chinese garment with a long pigtail down his back li ching said the captain these two young ladies are very much interested in the two bracelets that have come into their possession the characters on them you see are in your language we wonder if you will be so kind as to translate them for us li ching took the trinkets and examined them minutely presently he asked will ladies have what to say by word of mouth the captain was about to answer yes and then changed his mind no it may be rather important and we will want to remember it accurately we would be obliged if you would write it out li ching nodded gravely will captain permit i retire to cabin he requested and on being dismissed he retreated with a formal bow but can he write english cried marcia when he had disappeared of course he can better than he can speak it laughed the captain english is child's play compared to that brain-paralyzing language of his i must say though that li ching is rather unusual as chinese sailors go he studied in the university of pekin reads and writes english well and he never speaks pidgin english why he's spending his life as a boatswain of a trading steamer i don't know he's fitted for far different things but i have an idea it's on account of his health that he follows the sea the time before li ching's reappearance seemed to the girls indeterminable though in all probability it was not more than fifteen minutes at last however he returned laid the bracelets and a slip of paper in the captain's hand and was about to retire one moment said captain brett is the writing on the two bracelets the same words on two bracelets are identical replied li ching precisely that is all then and thank you and the captain dismissed him oh read it cried marcia or i shall die of impatience 
and she hung over his shoulders while he read aloud li ching's queer angular handwriting from the maker of melodies to the flower maiden on the day of their wedding amoy september twenty fifth eighteen eighty nine when he had finished a blank look crept over the expectant faces of the two girls is that all cried janet and marcia exclaimed why how disappointing it doesn't tell us a single thing wait a minute said the captain tugging thoughtfully at his short mustache while he studied the paper i am not so sure of that End of chapter 14 The Writing on the Bracelets